0: you're listening to the locked on thunder podcast part of the locked on podcast network is your host brady Trantham?
2: what is up thunder fans welcome to another edition of the locked on thunder podcast i am brady trantham your host and your man for all things oklahoma city thunder and for the next 30 minutes or so you'll be so locked on thunder that you can commit 26 turnovers in a basketball game and still come out with a victory It's the Tuesday edition, so we're going to dive into some Thunder numbers, and I'll just go ahead and give you guys a quick hint as to what we're actually going to be talking about today. I had something in mind, and I actually pre-recorded something last night about the Thunder number for today, and then I scrapped it because, oh my goodness, the Thunder came back from 26 down at one point to the Chicago Bulls last night, tying a franchise record for the largest deficit overcome in a victory. So we're going to be talking about something like that, and the Thunder number that I had actually pre-recorded from last night. We will go over that maybe next week, maybe the week after. Who knows? It's just on the shelf for now. And if you still don't know who I am, like I said, my name is Brady Trantham. I feel like I say like I said more than Dennis Schroeder does on this podcast. So everybody take a drink whenever you hear me say like I said. Just kidding. Don't actually do it, but drink responsibly if you do. I've been covering the Thunder since 2014 and since 2018 with 107.7 The Franchise. Find all my Thunder columns and blogs and all that other jazz at thefranchiseok.com You can also hear me on Saturday mornings from 10am to noon on the Franchise Thunder Insider Show with Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, Madison Morris, who I also do my other podcasts with, OKC82 which is available on all podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, it doesn't matter, just type in OKC82 just like you do Locked on Thunder and you can have yourself a good little Thunder playlist of podcasts to give you your Thunder fix. And the easiest way to keep up with all my thunder coverage, whether it be columns, blogs, podcasts, whatever, It's just to follow me on Twitter. It's the easiest way to do it. It's at Brady Does Sports. And please feel free to follow me. And there you can ask me questions. We can interact during games. Try to do my best to reply and answer everybody as much as I can. Sometimes games are a little wild. I will say this. I've actually had a few people in the last week or so reach out to me on Twitter and basically just give me some kind words, some words of encouragement about the podcast, about the Locked On Thunder podcast. Uh, First of all, thank you all so, so much for that. That really does mean a lot. It's a fun job and it's a job that I know a lot of people are envious of and I mean that in a genuinely nice way because when I was in high school and I was in college I was envious of guys like Bill Simmons. I was envious of guys like Royce Young. That's that sounds like such a fun job to do. You get to talk to Stephen Adams, you get to talk to Kevin Durant. You get to talk about Kevin Durant. You know, meanwhile, I'm bartending or meanwhile, I'm working at a bank. It's just doesn't I would rather be talking about sports. Now I don't want to put down anybody else's profession, but it does have its just like every other job, you know, this job has its pros and cons and it's a lot of work. And yes, it is cool that I get to talk to Stephen Adams and yes, it is cool that I get to go watch basketball. Like that's my office job is I get to go watch a basketball game and I'm very thankful for that. But it is it does have the grind nature to it and it's a very thankless job in that respect because nobody cares about the two hours it takes to record these podcasts when they're only 20 minutes long or 25 minutes long so point of all that soapbox drama bs was just to simply say that you know anytime people reach out and just say something encouraging it when i say it means a lot please understand that i'm I'm not just bsing you it does mean a lot so thank you all for that but also i'm not afraid of some criticism i've been told that i'm an idiot a lot of times, and that's going to happen in this job, and it's going to happen more and more because sometimes I am an idiot. Sometimes my ideas are a little silly. Sometimes I have the wrong take, and sometimes I just make a silly typo, and Chris Paul actually had 19 points. He didn't have 29 points. You dummy. Those things happen, and this whole podcast is going to be pretty much one big segment because the Thunder number does kind of tie into the game that just happened last night, but let's, let's dive into that first game, shall we? The Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Chicago Bulls. That shouldn't be big news, right? The Chicago Bulls aren't very good. But my goodness... The way that the Thunder were able to do it, I couldn't believe it. I simply couldn't believe it. The Thunder defeat Chicago 109-106 to in a game where the Thunder just basically gave it away in the first three minutes, it seemed like. The Thunder had four turnovers so quick. Chicago got out to a 9-3 lead really early, and they did it with such ease. The Thunder just, they looked bogged down. They looked like a tired team, like we talked about that on the Monday pod, where I thought they looked incredibly tired against Denver. Well, if they've been on the road for about a week and a half, they're probably going to get tired at some point, and they certainly looked like that throughout a lot of the beginning of the Denver game. Well, they looked exactly the same against Chicago. They looked like a team that was still bogged down on the road, and it was just a little disconcerting because it's like you're playing at home, you've had a day off, you're back in more comfortable environments, and this is how you start the game off. I mean, the Thunder... I think they committed 12 turnovers before Chicago even committed their first turnover. It was so bad. The Thunder had 19 turnovers in the first half. It wasn't pretty. The offense was slow. The offense was not consistent. Danilo Gallinari was their leading scorer, but he wasn't taking a lot of shots, so it didn't matter. Dennis Schroeder was kind of in the same boat. He was scoring almost at will when he was able to get to the basket, but Chicago did such a good job of keeping the ball out of his hands when he was the primary ball handler on the floor that, again, it didn't matter. And then you go down the depth chart. Terrence Ferguson was having a nice game. Chris Paul wasn't overtly aggressive just yet. So at least in the half first half it didn't matter. And then Shea Gillis Alexander had one field goal attempt entering the fourth quarter. He had five points, I think, around the seven minute mark. He checked back in in the fourth quarter with one field goal attempt and five points. And so you you, you mesh all that with just the lack of attention to detail in offense that led to all those turnovers, uh, led to a lot of Chicago Bulls points, easy points. No wonder the Thunder are down 26 at one point in the first half. And then the third quarter happened. And this is typically the part the show where we talk about, man, those Thunder guys, they could have won this game if not for being outscored by 14 points in that third quarter. Oh, that third quarter. Well, the Thunder flipped the script this time. They outscored the Bulls, but again they were down by so much that it almost didn't really matter. They would get it down in the third quarter to about 18 or 14 points, and then Chicago would make two consecutive shots. The Thunder weren't able to get those stops. It just it looked like okay if they can just go on a little bit of a longer drive and get it down till 12, 11, 10 points, then you've got yourself a ball game. But twice Chicago answered some mini Thunder runs, and it just gave me the impression that the Thunder just don't have it tonight. They they don't have it. they, they don't don't have that guy that can help put them on a long, sustained run. Like They don't have a Russell Westbrook anymore. They don't have a Paul George or a Kevin Durant that they could lean on when their offense is playing so terribly like they have been. And then the Thunder got that guy, and it was Chris Paul. Chris Paul had a very very vintage Chris Paul game, in that he hit every single shot he threw in the air. He entered the fourth quarter with 11 points on four of 10 shooting, and he finished the game with 30 points, was five of six from the three point line in the fourth quarter. It even gets bigger when when he pulled out a little bit larger. He scored 28 points in the second half. Now again, forgive me, I might confuse this podcast with OKC82, so I don't know if I've said this on this podcast or on OKC82, but one of the problems that the Thunder are going to have this season, and as long as this roster is the way it is, this is the problem they're going to have moving forward. It's cool that the Thunder are going to be in positions to win a lot of these games, and that's certainly what they've been in. I mean, they're 12-14 and now, so that tells me that they're a middle-of-the-pack team, and when you look at a lot of their scores and their losses, there's an opportunity there for them to win. There's another opportunity. There's another opportunity. Well, what's the difference? A lot of it can be traced back to that they don't have a player that can save them when their offense gets bogged down. In a lot of these instances, it's always been the third quarter. When four or your five starters are playing like crap, but you have a Russell Westbrook or a Paul George, sometimes it just doesn't matter. They can just get buckets on their own because they're so damn good. They can make up for it. Unfortunately for the Thunder tonight, they actually had that guy and it was Chris Paul. So In this instance, it saved them. Now, I don't know if it's sustainable in that they can always depend on Chris Paul to save them in a game like this and this was just one of those instances where if the Thunder were going to win and you had this thought even in the third quarter when the Thunder started to show signs that they could potentially make a run yeah if they're going to win it's going to be because chris paul goes gets unconscious and he certainly did but even still at some point you think well the bulls are going to do something to stop chris paul right like they're going to trap him double him they're going to do something right nope jim boylan got asked after the game so did you just did you uh, want to trap chris paul despite the fact that he was a walking inferno and jim just looked at <laughs> looked at the reporters and was just like no all right i guess you win some or you lose some in that instance and before we get a little further in the episode, everybody, I just want to give a shout out to Spotify Rap. And if you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Rap to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live or Locked On Thunder or even me if you feel like it, at Brady Does Sports on Twitter. And we will share and retweet because that's what we do. We're very nice and we love our listeners.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up With all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league. Helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: But really, it just came down to cleaning up some simple things at halftime, and I asked Chris Paul and Steven kind of similar questions. Let's hear what Chris Paul and Steven Adams had to both say. 25 in the first half. And was it, What was the message in the locker room, basically, at halftime? we just clean this up, we can get back into the ball game. First and foremost, it was stop getting so many turnovers. I think I had three early in the game. I might I have ended with, like, I six or seven. But they were so aggressive, and our turnovers were turning into buckets for them. So once we settled down and let the game come to us, uh, I think, Repeat your question one more time, bro. Well, it's, 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 s- it's easy to sit here and say, like, well, if the Thunder just stopped turning the ball over, they can get yeah. back to the game. But it's easier said than done. So when you're actually able okay. to do it, what does it do for your guys moving forward?
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, it's definitely as easy as said than done. But it is one of those things where you just... What it does for us is just kind of trusting uh, what everyone else is doing. It's, it's weird because you'll see it on film, what you're playing like, right? Mm-hmm. See your body language, timing of cuts. That all plays into it. You know, I mean, it, it is, you know, you can't just get around it, mate. Like, we were just turning the ball over too much on, too many times. You know, can't get around it, but, you know, slowing down. Still playing with pace, but slowing down your thing thinking, making the easy pass as opposed to trying to make these, like, difficult, get in, get in a crowded situation, trying to make a play from there. Maybe it's not the time and place, right? So, just going back to basics, bro. I thought we do pretty well on that. Yeah. Answer your question? Good enough. It's
2: good. And then Billy Donovan put a bow on the game with his opening statement following the Thunders' 109-106 win over the Chicago Bulls.
1: I think we knew coming into the game that um, the way they play defense is obviously really, really aggressive, and they force a lot of turnovers, and it kind of gets them out on the break. Um, You know, I didn't think we did a great job at all in the first half. I think we gave up maybe 26 or 28 points in transition off of our turnovers. Uh, That was a big, big factor. Um, you know, I give our guys a lot of credit, uh, you know, just getting down, uh, by 25, but it wasn't like just 25 once we just came right back, you know, it was just, you know, we, we, get it down a little bit and kind of go right back up to 21, 22, 23, we get it down and go right back up again, but we just kind of kept playing and kept playing and we got some stops and, you know, got a lot of contributions from a lot of different guys. You know, I thought, uh, you know, Dennis came in and gave us great minutes in the first half when maybe we were going a little bit slow. And then I thought Shea really made some great passes and some great plays, um, just individual plays as, as, as it relates to just like finding the open man, couple rebounds, things like that. That were big plays in the game. And then obviously the way Chris played, you know, in the in the second half, um, I think he had figured out you know things that they were doing, and then he really did a great job, not, not only finding his spots to to go score, but certainly making the game easy for everybody else. And I think once we played where we you know, got the ball out against you know their aggressiveness and then moved it, that kind of helped us. Then they kind of switched and went to a little bit of a different coverage, and then they switched and went to a different one there. So we kind of had done a much, much better job uh, than we did in the first half.
2: And in a game filled with many pivotal moments, perhaps the most pivotal moment was, was when the Thunder and the Bulls found themselves tied at 106. With just a few seconds left, the Thunder had the ball on an inbounds pass and wouldn't you know it, it resulted in Stephen Adams going to the free throw line for perhaps the biggest free throw situation of his career. And the only thing that really ever sticks out to me is the 2016-17 playoffs. I believe it was game four against the Houston Rockets, a game that the Thunder eventually lost. But what I'm talking about is the play where Stephen Adams intentionally misses his second free throw, gets his own rebound, and quickly throws it back behind him to Russell Westbrook, who launches and made a very deep three to put the Thunder into a position to potentially win that game. This was the biggest moment and it was actually a very fitting test for where Steven's come over the last week and a half or two, basically since that first new Orleans Pelicans game back in the end of November. Ever since then, Steven is shooting around 66, 67% from the free throw line, which is a far cry improvement from where he has been. Not just, At the beginning of this year, where he was terrible, but for his career, he's around a 55% free throw shooter, so nothing to write home about at all. But he knocks down the first free throw, giving the Thunder the lead, ultimately for good. But then he misses the second one, gets his own rebound, passes it back out to Chris Paul, who then is immediately fouled, and then he sinks two free throws. The game's over at that point. The Bulls had no timeouts. They couldn't advance the ball. There was a second left. But Billy had some. Billy had an interesting and kind of a funny thing to say about the entire sequence with Steven Adams. Well, we kind of
1: ran the play for him because, you know, there was like two and a half seconds to go um, on the the shot clock, and I thought it was going to be underneath and out of bounds, but it was like the dead corner, you know, so it was like a really hard spot. And my concern was if we threw the ball out towards half court, if we at all got deflected with four seconds on the game clock – You know, that could be really – so I just thought we had a size advantage with Steven just to try try to seal him in the lane and get it up to him. And he did a good job. Um, And I was just happy they didn't take away the one he made because he didn't call bank. Maybe he did. And then obviously he made a great play at the end. um, You know, obviously the miss just tipping it back out and regaining possession and Chris getting fouled.
2: Now, guys, if you're like me and you do everything at the last minute – Because this job, and I'm sure everybody else's job, is very demanding this time of year. So you don't have a lot of time to go out and find holiday gifts. Just go to breaking.com slash locked on for all your last minute fun sports gifts for the holidays. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. And then feel free to search the site for great shirts and other fun sports gifts.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: For today's Thunder number, it's going to be half the number and half the question. And I'm just really curious what you all think. So the Thunder tied a franchise record for the last night against the, in a win against the Bulls by coming back down from as many as 26 points. It tied the franchise record going back to a win on the road last year against the Houston Rockets on February 9th, last season I should say. It was February 9th, 9, twenty nineteen. So that makes last night's win the largest comeback in Thunder home history. Which two seasons ago the Thunder were able to come back from twenty five down in the playoffs against the Houston Jet against the Utah Jazz and win. So let's go back and relive the box score of that Houston Rockets game. And I'm just curious what you think is the more impressive victory. Now you can use a lot of factors. You know, for one, the Thunder are playing at home in one game; and the other, the Thunder are playing. On the road. Or you could say, well, the Thunders roster this year is significantly less talented than the one that went into Houston last season in February that got the win. You could say it that way. Maybe Chris Paul is some type of jinx, or he's just destined to be a part of epic collapses and epic finishes. You go back to the, I think it was the 2014-2015 playoffs, I believe, when his LA Clippers blew such a large lead against the Houston Rockets. Wow, I'm seeing a pattern here. They had such a lead over the Rockets that James Harden sat out, and I remember seeing him laying on the floor on the bench and just not giving a crap about how the game was going, and then all of a sudden the Rockets are able to come back. Then James Harden gets reengaged. Then he gets back into the game, and then the Rockets ultimately win, which basically turned that series around, and then Houston was able to get out of that round over the Clippers and just kind of fed into Chris Paul's, at the time, his lack of success in the postseason over his career. So you have that Chris Paul connection, playing against the Rockets, blowing a lead. Then you have him playing against the Thunder last season uh, with the Rockets, blowing a large lead. And now, finally with the Thunder, playing against the Bulls, he comes back, puts the Thunder on his back, and finishes an epic comeback. So what that tells me is, Chris Paul is probably going to be traded to the Chicago Bulls and either have an epic finish or a massive letdown in the next season. But let's go back and look at the numbers at that Houston win last year season. So you had Paul George and Russell Westbrook combined to shoot 43 shots. The rest of the team shot 46 shots. Wow. This is this roster currently is such a far cry from the rosters of the last few years where literally one or two players would take half the shots. It's amazing. Paul George finished 12 of 22 with 45 points, 11 rebounds. This was right in the middle of his MVP candidacy. Russell Westbrook was much less efficient, 8 of 21 from the field, 21 points but got the triple-double with 12 rebounds and 11 assists, of course. Terrence Ferguson, 15 points, 6 of 9 from the field, 3 of 5 from the three-point line. And Dennis Schroeder was the only guy off the bench that had a pulse offensively, apparently. 6 of 13 from the floor, 17 points. I mean, the rest of the bench combined for five points, and three of them were from Patrick Patterson, and the other two were from Nerlens Noel. And then as a team, and here's probably a reason that fed into the Thunder being down by 26 in the first place, 19 turnovers... Again, that's what the Thunder had in one half last night. <laughs> and then you go down to the Rockets. Just a much more balanced attack in terms of the scoring, except surprisingly, P.J. Tucker didn't score anything. He was 0 for 3 from the field, but James Harden had 42 points on 28 shot attempts. Chris Paul finished with 18 points, 10, assi- 10 rebounds, and one assist shy of a triple-double. Eric Gordon with 13 points. Ken Fareed, forgot, I forgot the Fareed had a cup of coffee with the Houston Rockets last season. 17 points, 12 rebounds. And the Rockets' bench was a little bit more consistent. Austin Rivers with 10 points. Gerald Green, 7. Amon Shumpert, Thunderkiller Amon Schumpert 3 points, but was only 1 of 5. I do remember going into that game thinking, I think the, the Rockets had just signed Amon Shumpert off the scrap heap, and this is a few months after Amon Shumpert had, like, 2 or 3 games of, like, 20, 30, and I think he had a 40-point output against the Thunder and a victory in Oklahoma City. And then he goes to the Rockets, and you're thinking, oh, wow, this this is going to get ugly. And it almost did, because then you look at the quarter-by-quarter quarter breakdown. First quarter, it was a good game. It was 28-25 going into the second quarter uh, in favor of Houston. And then Houston just destroyed Oklahoma City in the second quarter, 42-23, making the score 70-48. to Now, surprisingly... The score last night against Chicago was sixty-eight to forty-nine, so it was pretty darn near close to the score against Houston. But then Oklahoma City came out roaring in the third quarter, outscoring the Rockets forty-two to twenty. Now, if if you all remember, last year the third quarter was actually the Thunder's best quarter. They would typically come out on fire with so much energy in the third quarter, and it makes a lot of sense when you talk to guys like Chris Paul and Shea Gillis Alexander on this team. How come how come you guys are typically flat in the third quarter. Now, the Thunder weren't flat last night, but over the, over the course of this season, how come the third quarter's been so bad? And they'll talk about energy or maybe not being as locked in as they are to start the games or to end games, and that's a problem. Talking to Deontay Burton on the OKC82 podcast a few weeks ago before he was banished to the G League, Deontay pretty much described it the reason as, well, it's the point guard's job to get us locked in and to basically inspire us with his energy. So it makes sense that a Russell Westbrook led team would dominate the third quarter and they certainly did against Houston last season. They outscored the Rockets 42-20 to which tied the game at 90 going into the fourth and then the Thunder outlasted the Rockets 27-22 in the fourth quarter. Giving the Thunder the win, they would make them 36-19 on the season. Houston would fall to 32-23. and So an incredible comeback on the road against A very talented team. And then last night the Thunder come back against a less than exceptional team, but a victory nonetheless. And you just you just look at the quarter by quarter breakdown. I mean, outside of the first quarter, the Thunder were pretty good offensively from a scoring output. Thirty-three points in the second, thirty-three in the third, twenty-seven in the fourth quarter, holding the Bulls to sixteen in the fourth. Thunder sixteen points in the first quarter was aided, got them there. Brought to you by turnovers. And again, 26 turnovers. I still can't believe the Thunder were able to come back. And even more impressive, Chicago turned the ball over only 13 times, and I believe eight of them came in the second half. So Chicago played really well in the first half and then just collapsed. And but a lot of the credit should go to the Thunder. So again, I will ask you, what victory was better or more improbable? Like whatever you want to describe it as. Houston. Last season or Chicago this season. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Always feel free to follow me at Brady Does Sports and let me know which game you thought was more impressive in terms of the comebackness of it all. And tomorrow we'll have the crossover segments on the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Thunder Podcast. And I'm really excited. I'm not going to even tease who this guest is. But you will enjoy it so much. I know you will. But everybody, until Wednesday, I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening. A
0: hey, Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.